Welcome to Inspire Her Health, your podcast for all things her. We are a one-stop shop dedicated to inspiring you to live your best by providing the latest tips, tricks, and stories from leading experts in the industry. Our mission is to bring women just like you together in an inspiring community to enhance your mind, body, and life in the healthiest way possible. Welcome, sister. You're in the right place. This is where you belong. So let's begin. This episode is brought to you by our favorite superfood company, Energy Bits. Energy Bits are tiny nutrition tablets that contain spirulina and chlorella algae. These algae tablets are safe, pure, and packed with over 40 micronutrients and plenty of protein. These fast, easy, convenient raw tablets can be swallowed, chewed, added to smoothies, salads, trail mix, or other healthy snacks. Now, not all algae is created high quality, but at Inspire Her Health, we trust and stand behind Energy Bits tablets because they are the only algae brand sold, endorsed, trusted, and used by doctors, nutritionists, and wellness professionals nationwide. They are also endorsed by over 50 Olympic athletes and professional athletes. So whether you're an athlete yourself, a mom like me, working professional, wellness buff, or somebody in between, these superfood tablets are sure to help improve your immune system, energy, focus, hunger, beauty, nutrition, and overall health. Visit Energy Bits website to learn more and order your LG superfood tablets today. Go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off. Once again, go to www.energybits.com and use the promo code INSPIREHEALTH for 20% off your order of these amazing algae superfood tablets. Welcome to another episode of Inspire Her Health podcast. I'm Christine Nicole, your host, CEO and founder of Inspire Her Health. So on today's episode, we have a special guest, Leah Chischilli. She is a licensed acupuncturist, a functional nutrition coach, and she helps busy, ambitious women balance their hormones, improve their health so that they can get the most out of work and life. She blends her knowledge of Eastern, Western, and functional medicine to help her clients in a unique and transformative way. Now, I had an absolute pleasure interviewing Leah and really picking her brain all around women's hormones and adrenal health. Now, some of you guys have might have heard of a term called adrenal fatigue. And today's episode, we really break down the science behind that what it actually means to have adrenal fatigue, and some of the things you could be doing in your life that could contribute to having some symptoms that will be related to this. She also gives us some amazing tips that we can do uh, to help with the symptoms, mitigate the symptoms, and avoid any kind of problems in the future when it comes to our adrenal glands. As women, we are so busy, we are stressed, you know, we have the stress of work, we have the stress of life and kids and family, and Leah says that she normally sees this type of problem in 
women more so than men. So this is something that I think a lot of you guys are going to find fascinating. So grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, grab your phone, put some notes down if you want to. And without further ado, let's listen to Leah. So welcome Leah to the show. So excited to have you with us today. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Super excited. So I would love to talk about your, um, your background story and let our listeners know a little bit about you and some of the things that you went through um, and just let them know who they're listening to today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Leah and I am a functional nutrition coach and also a licensed acupuncturist. Uh, I spent a long time in health and wellness, and honestly, my progression to where I am today has been pretty organic. It's like I kind of started on the path of doing yoga and then got exposed to several other things, and then just one thing led to another. Next thing, I'm an acupuncturist and in nutrition school and <laughs> all of that, but, um, but my specialization is helping women and especially ambitious women, because they have the tendency to be more susceptible to these things, uh, get a handle on their hormones, get them balanced so that they continue to push forward, change the world, do the things that they're really passionate about. Um, and that came after my own health struggles. Um, shortly after having my son, I went back to work full time and I was working in a place that was an hour commute one way. So it was two hours a day in the car, working a full eight hour day. And it was also a startup. So it was extremely stressful. And through that time, it was good for about a year. And then about year two, year three, I started getting all these weird symptoms and I completely wrote them off. So for example, just brain fog that was terrible. I was tired, which, you know, as a new mom, it's to be expected. Um, I would get dizzy out of the blue and I just felt like general garbage <laughs> uh, most of the time. So that happened about year two, year three. And then we moved away and I was able to work remotely. So that took a lot of stress off my plate, which was really helpful. And here I was so excited because I was like, okay, I'm going to get my health back. I'm going to start feeling good. Well, what was interesting is my health actually tanked after that, which was really, really surprising and very humbling. So I actually spent about an entire year trying to get back to normal. I got sick eight different times with severe sinus infections over the course of one year. And this is a person who never got sick in the past. Um, so it was all just a really big surprise. And then after that, I went to see a functional medicine practitioner and they did a lot of blood work, hormone testing, all the things. And it really shed some light on what was going on. So I did find out that all my sex hormones were low. My thyroid was not functioning properly. Um, and that was probably the explanation for everything that I was experiencing. But going back, I really attribute all of that just to the amount of stress that I was under that entire time. So it just has been my passion and my mission to help women not get to that level and to be able to take a look at their hormones so we can see what's going on, but then address all the stress that's contributing to the hormone imbalance. Yeah, and you know, I think stress plays a huge role in, for so many of us, you know, especially like you're saying with the ambitious women, because we wanna take on so much, right? And I'm saying we, because I'm totally in that category mm -hmm. too. And I think that we can just go, go, go. It sounded like you were just going, 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 and then when your body had a chance to almost 
relax and integrate, that's when things started to get bad and the symptoms started to come up. You hear that a lot for sure. So yeah. what was some of the things like um, with the low thyroid and the hormone imbalances, uh, what did your functional uh, medicine practitioner, what, what did she, like what lifestyle changes did she recommend and, and what kind of things did you do after you found out about that? Yeah. So we did a lot of blood testing and part of that blood testing was micronutrient testing. So looking at the vitamins and minerals, and that was really huge because what came back is that I was deficient in a lot of nutrients that help the thyroid function. And so of course I was given that supplement protocol and then just general stress reduction. And as a holistic practitioner myself, I was doing a lot of things right. Or so I thought, so really you know, getting out of that stressful stressful situation was extremely helpful. And then the addition of the supplements just to correct the nutrient deficiencies made a huge difference for me. Now, I've worked with women who have various other things going on and we work to correct that, but the supplements and the lifestyle changes was enough for me, um, but it could be different for each person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it was probably enough for you because you were already practicing quite a holistic lifestyle beforehand and your diet and all that kind of stuff plays a, plays a major role. But yeah, it's, uh, it just goes to show you that taking care of your mental well-being is almost should be top priority. Would you agree with me on that? Making 100%. sure your stress is low. Yeah. Yep. 100%. And, and we are kind of, the problem sometimes <laughs> we create a lot of our own stress because of our <laughs> mental state. Um, so yes, like the, all the physical stuff that we do, such as exercising, eating well, taking supplements, that's all important. But if, if what's going on in your head is causing the stress and all the thoughts are causing your stress, then it's almost futile. Yeah. Yeah. I, to <laughs> I totally agree. <laughs> Now, would you, would you, um, would you contribute, you know, um, I, I think right now, especially with women, I hear a lot of women talking about anxiety and depression and stuff. Would you say that there is a huge link between that and hormone imbalance in women? Yeah, absolutely. That is usually what brings women to me is an anxiety or a depression that wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. And it kind of comes out of the blue and they're like, I don't, I don't know who this person was. I didn't used to feel like this. I used to handle my stress a lot better, or I just don't want to get out of bed anymore. Things like that. And they're like, I'm not that person. Can you help me figure out what's going on? And a lot of times when you look at their hormone profile, you can see what's going on. So like for a depressed person, for example, um, you know, thyroid can contribute to that, but I think we'll talk a little bit more about this too, but cortisol, if your cortisol, after periods of it being really high, after periods of intense stress, it can actually drop really, really low. Mm -hmm. And we always want that happy medium. <laughs> we always want things to be not too high, not too low, just right in the middle. So when it starts to drop too low, that's when you get symptoms too. So you can have symptoms when you're, when it's really high and you're under a lot of stress, but it can also um, contribute to symptoms when it's really low as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought the cortisol up because, you know, I know you specialize in hormones in general and I could pick your brain all day on that mm -hmm. because that's a passion of mine too. I've struggled with 
pretty much the same thing that you're talking about yeah. as well. And that's why, you know, today I was so excited to have you on the show and talk about it because I struggle with it. I know so many women who struggle with it. And I just kind of want to demystify some of the things around it. And one of the things that you do specialize in is adrenal health. Mm -hmm. And so I would love to kind of dive into adrenal health. Um, and I know a lot of the listeners have probably heard of the term adrenal fatigue before mm -hmm. and may even have some symptoms related to that, but not necessarily know that they're correlated. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so let's dive into that topic. And, and one thing I kind of wanted to just touch base on first is, um, you know, what you, you said in one of your blog posts I was reading that adrenal fatigue is not really the accurate term for what's really happening in the body. Can you explain to us why that is? Yeah, absolutely. I think adrenal fatigue is a little bit deceiving because it kind of implies that our adrenals, after working too hard, they just got tired and decided, <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to work anymore. But that's actually not the case. So I don't want to get too complicated, but you've got what's called your HPA axis. And that is your hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. And basically those three glands communicate with one another. Um, so the hypothalamus tells the pituitary to tell the adrenals to produce adrenal hormones, such as cortisol, for example. Um, the hypothalamus is a gauge for how much cortisol is in the body at any given time. So assuming that the gauge is correct and it's reading it correctly, then it sends the right message around the circuit again so that you're producing the proper amounts of cortisol. Well, sometimes that gauge gets a little off and that can be caused from extreme stress. And so it's not necessarily an adrenal problem. It could be something that's going on in the hypothalamus, that it's not reading the amounts of cortisol in the body correctly. Mm -hmm. um, it could be the body's just natural adaptation of we've been having high cortisol, high stress for so long, and yes, it can damage the body. So it's like, no, we're going to turn this off. We're going to slow things down a little bit. And then that becomes your normal for a while. So eventually we want to be able to bring it back up to where it is an actual normal and not just your normal or a down regulation of that HPA axis. Yeah, that makes sense. And I'm sure a lot of people are like, what? I know. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> but I love these scientific terms. No, I do. I, I love these scientific terms. And I will break it down a little bit for the audience that are like, what is she talking about? Um, now, it sounds like what you're, what you're explaining sounds kind of similar. And I just kind of wanted to, to give the, the listeners a little bit of a visual of, of something that they probably would understand on another, on another term. Um, is it more like cortisol kind of like sensitivity? Like let's talk about, you know, diabetes and insulin sensitivity because the insulin spikes so high, it's becomes, you know, your pancreas becomes desensitized to it after a while. Is it kind of similar to that? Yeah, I, that's the theory is that it is. I don't know that that's been proven at this point, but um, but that is the theory is that the receptors are not as sensitive to the cortisol and it's down-regulating it. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. So let's talk about the roles of the adrenal glands because I know we, and we've heard of what, you know, we've heard adrenal glands, but maybe people don't understand how important they are in the body and then how that cortisol plays a role in the body as well. Yeah, so the adrenals are, are responsible for producing cortisol, which is your 
I don't want to say fight or flight because that a lot of times comes from adrenaline, but it, it maintains that so that you, it keeps you out of danger. It keeps you able to run away from something should you need to. But what some people don't realize about the adrenals is that they also can produce some of your sex hormones. And this is especially true and especially important for women um, after menopause because you, your ovaries are not producing those anymore. And so you have to have healthy adrenals if you want to kind of coast through perimenopause and menopause rather than having some pretty really fun symptoms, <laughs> as you can imagine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so the adrenals will produce cortisol and um, helping you to manage stress. And I don't know if you want me to get into the role of cortisol. I think that's probably an important thing um, because it's not all bad, mm -hmm. but in excess, it, it can be bad. Yeah. And cortisol does play a huge role on your hormones as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. When you think of the mechanism, um, you know, with it being the stress hormone, what it does is it shuts down other processes mm -hmm. because it's trying to keep you out of danger. It's trying to keep you going when you need it the most. I, I call it your get up and go. And then when you have too little, your get up and go got up and went. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is, it's your, it's your ability to get up and go. Well, with that, it has to shut down several other functions. It's like, we're going to focus on what's most important right now. Mm -hmm. And we're going to kind of, you know, put the other things by the wayside so that we can use the resources that we need. So it moves sugar into the blood which we all know too much sugar in the blood after a long period of time becomes a problem in diabetes. Um, it, it alters the way your blood flows. So it's um, sometimes taking it away from the essential organs and pushing it out to the limbs so that you could run away from danger. Um, it alters the production of melatonin. So say you have sleep problems. If you have too much cortisol, cortisol suppresses melatonin. Um, cortisol can also suppress the conversion of thyroid hormones. So from your inactive thyroid hormone to your active thyroid hormone, cortisol can suppress that function. So then it alters the function of your thyroid. So there's so many things that it'll shut down just to make the things that are really essential for keeping you out of danger possible. Yeah. And I mean, that was so important when we were in caveman days, but having that on a consistent basis, it, you know, kind of chronic basis is what really is wreaking havoc in a lot of people right now. Yeah, we're not, absolutely. We're not running away from saber-toothed tigers or anything anymore, no. right? Like we, no. we definitely have that cushy lifestyle, but we have the stresses of life that just bombard the body so much. Yeah. 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 And when you think about it, and especially in terms of blood sugar, you know, you say you have a stressful situation, you have a stressful thought and your body starts this whole stress cascade and it's moving sugar into your blood. And then you're just sitting there. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting up. You're not running away from anything. It's just sitting there. So you're not even using the resources, the fuel that you need to. And then, then it turns to excess fat. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the symptoms um, of adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction? I'm probably going to just use adrenal fatigue for the listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you and I can talk about it, but I think just for layman's term, it'll be easier. But what are some of the symptoms that people could be experiencing right now if they have adrenal fatigue? 
Yeah, I think the thing to think about is that, it, again, it's like your get up and go got up and went. So um, it's harder to wake up in the mornings. You just, you need that coffee. And of course you do because caffeine will increase your cortisol. <laughs> um, and essentially ad adrenal fatigue is when you're not producing enough cortisol anymore. So, so you need that extra. So that's what the coffee gets you going in the morning. Um, it can cause hair loss. It can cause depression, anxiety, um, being cold all the time, dizziness, brain fog, low, low blood pressure, and a lot of similar symptoms to low thyroid. So you don't know what's going on. So that's why I think it's so important to run tests for those types of things. You know, I just had a thought and I saw this the other day. There is some controversy whether or not adrenal fatigue is a, an actual diagnosis in, I, I mean, I hear adrenal fatigue more so in the health and wellness holistic space, but I think some, you know, the medical space hasn't really uh, accepted that as a diagnosis yet. Is that, is that true or is, is there more scientific evidence coming out about it? Uh, I think they look at it from the standpoint more of HPA axis dysfunction. Yeah. So it's not, again, it's not that the adrenals are tired and not working anymore, which was the original theory. Um, so they couldn't really prove that. But when they're looking at HPA axis dysfunction, I think there's a lot more research available. Perfect. Yeah. For any of the scientific listeners that want to <laughs> look at that for geek sure. Geek out on that. <laughs> geek out. I, I am here for it. I know. I, I like to geek out on that stuff too. <laughs> so what are some tests that people can do to find out if they have have this dysfunction? Yeah, several labs offer stress and hormone profiles. So uh, one I like to work with is the Dutch test, um, D-U-T-C-H, and that is dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. That's a really easy test you can do at home. There are, so, there are also saliva tests, which can be really helpful. Uh, anything you can do just to get a big picture of what's going on with your hormones, because more often than not, like, again, we can see that the hormones are out of balance and then we have to address why they're out of balance. But at least when you see that, it kind of validates how you feel. Mm -hmm. You're like, okay, so this is not in my head. I'm not crazy. This is why I feel the way that I do. Um, and it's actually really interesting because I had my hormones done um, when I was rehabbing my own issues. <laughs> and then I recently had them done too because I was talking to another lab just to get a feel for their kits. Um, and I'm, I'm still repairing mine. So it's not a quick process, but it's really eye-opening and helpful to see what's going on so you can see the progress that you're making or just understand why your symptoms are there. Mm -hmm. and, and people can get those tests through practitioners and, and people like you? And is it, yep. is it ready, readily available for most people, especially uh, in the States and North America? Is, is it easy yes. to get that? Yeah, and I, I can't really speak to Canada because I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> we do have them. I have heard of the Dutch test here. Yeah, I do yeah. believe that you can get it there, and I believe you do have to go through a practitioner. Um, there are some things that you can do that you can just order yourself and then they'll have somebody analyze it for you. So I recommend working with someone who's well-versed in it because they're gonna take the time to look at your full history mm -hmm. and then try to correlate some of what's going on in your life to the symptoms that you're having and to your test results uh, rather than just reading the test results themselves. 
But if you're like, I don't want to spend the money. I just want to know if my hormones are out of whack, do some research and find one that you can just do yourself. And you can just order those right offline on online somewhere. Some in the U.S. I can't, I can't really? speak for Canada, but I'm assuming, <laughs> I'm assuming somebody does that there too. <laughs> I know that we're pretty, like in Canada for any of those, just I know that we're pretty, it's the regulations up here are super strong sometimes, yeah. really high. Um, almost too high, I would say, <laughs> because yeah. a lot of things are passed in the States. And I'm like, well, what, we can do it in the States. Why can we do it up here? So I'm not sure. I, I don't know about the test, but uh, yeah, I encourage the listeners, if you are listening from, the, from Canada, go in and check on google and see if there is if those things are available and if they're not then reach out to somebody like yeah that could help you for sure yeah, absolutely. so um what are some of the causes do you find like some of the major causes of adrenal fatigue it's stress <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but um looking at all sources of stress so it's not just the mental or you know work family, school, things like that. It's also what's going on in the body. So if you have, say, a latent pathogen, or you have a gut imbalance, or if your blood sugar is too high or too low, like those are stressors. Those are stressors on the body, and they're going to affect your HPA axis. So you really have to look at the full picture of what's going on and try to diminish all sources of stress. And caffeine would be a cause maybe yes <laughs> sadly yes yes i you know i'm not anti-caffeine i love coffee so much oh, me too. Um, but for some people and honestly myself included that is probably something that i should have done without for a good period of time just to help rehab everything um but if you are going to drink caffeine do it in the morning because it's in alignment with your natural cortisol pattern uh, and try to avoid it any time after that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I find that if I drink coffee after 5 PM or even four, sometimes then I can't, it disrupts my sleep. I yes. can tell mm-hmm. for sure. But I am a coffee lover too. And I had to throw that out there. Cause I know a lot of us listeners out there are thinking the same thing. Like, no, I can't get rid of my coffee. Yes. <laughs> are there some ways? So if they were recommended to cut down on it, do you, do you recommend for your clients? Like, switch to decaf or maybe half and half? Yeah, absolutely. Either of those things is a possibility. Just looking at how it's processed, decaf, because um, you know, sometimes they can use a chemical process to decaffeinate it. But yes, that's definitely step one. And then switching possibly to teas. <laughs> I, I, I cannot make that switch. I am not a tea drinker. I wish I was. <laughs> but I, um, but yeah, switching to teas because there are so many teas that have therapeutic benefits as well. But. Yeah. I'm not much of a tea drinker either. <laughs> I try. I try. <laughs> it's hard. It really is. Cause I think the caffeine, I believe the caffeine levels are highest in coffee compared to majority of teas out there. Mm-hmm. And I think we just get so used to having it. It's like a ritual every morning, right? If you have your cup of coffee and it makes you feel good, your soul feel good. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to, to give that up for sure. Now, so do you find that um, this dysfunction is common, more common in women than men? Would you say? I would say yes. I cannot verify that statement, um, but I work with all women and chronic disease in general affects women more often than men. 
And I do, I do believe in my heart of hearts. Again, I cannot scientifically verify this, but um, that it is because we take on more stress. And especially now, you know, like, yes, we're very lucky that we're able to work and make different decisions for our life. But more often than not, women are still taking on jobs and careers and starting businesses while maintaining the household and having that second job as soon as they're done with their job. So I do believe that yes, it does affect women more than men, just because that's the trend in all things for the most part. And um, we're just under more stress. We are, especially if we have kids Uh, (laughs) as moms. And you know what, that's a lot of, a lot of the friends and other women I know who've been uh, diagnosed with adrenal fatigue, as I'll call it now, um, they seem to have gotten the symptoms more severely after they've had children. Now, is that due to hormone imbalances or just the whole stress of having the the children and what it's done to your body? What would you say it's why it seems to be a lot more common with moms, new moms? Yeah, I think it's all those things. Uh, It's the stress of childbirth and two, and we don't take that time to really heal after. We're so prone to just getting back into the swing of things. And so we never really have the time to heal. So you could have an injury that just never quite corrected itself. So that's creating stress inside the body. And also too, growing a baby is extremely depleting for the mother. And so you have to make sure that you're replenishing and and nursing too, uh, replenishing all the essential nutrients that you need. So I think that a lot of that stuff just doesn't get to happen the way it needs to. And so it's kind of a snowball effect and then creates a problem a little bit later down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Less, you know, we don't have a not sleeping properly and the stress mm-hmm. of the baby and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now that you touched a little bit on um, how the adrenal f- fatigue can really, you know, affect you when you're in menopause, but how does something like this affect uh, women that are still going through the menstrual cycle with their hormones and PMS and all that? Yeah, so think of it in terms of um, with the, the stress response when it happens, it's shutting down everything that's not essential. So your body's not really thinking about growing a baby <laughs> <They're> <laughs> under a lot of stress. So, you know, if women are having challenges getting pregnant, that's something to take a look at too, is all the sources of stress in your life because you know, what's most important to your, to your brain is survival. Um, and so it can alter your menstrual cycles as well. And then of course, when it alters menstrual cycles, alters the production of certain hormones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you hear a lot of women having such a hard time getting pregnant these yeah. days, and it mm-hmm. seems to be more and more. And yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, it really does play, uh, stress does huge number on that for sure. Mm-hmm. And it did for me too. I remember when I was trying to get pregnant and you know, the, the month would go by and I, I get my period. And it was like the only time in my life where I was like, Oh, I have my period. Oh my God. You know, oh, yeah. but you, I remember getting stress and stress each time those months would go by. And I know, I knew that I had to, you know, let go of that stress or I wasn't going to work. Mm-hmm. I definitely hear that a lot from women. Yeah. So what, um, what are some other, is there any other health conditions that could be related to, um, adrenal fatigue 
symptoms or bring on adrenal fatigue? Yeah, I mean, anything that you've got going on that's going to add stress to the body. And when you have adrenal fatigue, you know, like I said, cortisol isn't all bad. And one thing, um, well, when you're under high amounts of stress, it can suppress the immune system. So it makes you more susceptible to taking things on. And then when your cortisol is really, really low, one of the functions of cortisol is it's very anti-inflammatory. So when it's really, really low, then you're more susceptible to having more systemic inflammation. And I think that you, maybe your listeners are already familiar, but inflammation they're looking at as the cause of a lot of different problems that can you know, lead to heart disease, um, diabetes, all the things down the road. So, so yes, adrenal fatigue can definitely be an indication that something could come of it, could arise later. Mm-hmm. And that's from the chronic inflammation that your body goes through. Mm-hmm. And, that, and you were saying the cortisol is an anti-inflammatory when it's high? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, well, that's one of the functions of it is it's an anti-inflammatory. So when you're, when you're good, <laughs> when it's at its normal level, then it's helping to decrease the inflammation in your body. Um, and, but when it drops too low, then that inflammation has the chance to take over. Yeah. So we do want, we do want cortisol. It's not all bad. Uh, we just don't want too much of it or too little of it. Yeah, it's got to be just right. Of course. <laughs> it's always got to be like some fine balance of hormones, especially as women, right? Oh my oh, goodness. It really <laughs> is. It really is. And your body strives for that. You know, I want to point that out is that like that's your natural state and your body does strive for that and, and it can achieve that. Uh, we just do some things to kind of hinder that process. And so you really have to take a good look at what some of those things are. You know, what is it that's preventing my body from finding its own balance? And when you can look at those things, and that's, that's where it's good to have a coach come in because I think they can see it better than we can see it ourselves, um, that can find the barriers to finding that balance. Yeah. And I know a lot of other, like I've heard uh, other countries and regions where maybe the stress, the the stresses of everyday life aren't as severe as they are here. Women there don't go through um, menopause as as much, or they don't have the symptoms of PMS because their lifestyle is different, right? So some, this diagnosis of adrenal fatigue or hormone imbalances, um, it seems to be very uh, centered around Western culture. Would you agree? Oh, Yes, definitely. Yeah. You know, speaking from my Chinese medicine background, um, symptoms are signs. PMS, that's a sign that something's out of balance. So we shouldn't necessarily have those symptoms or signs if things are going well. (laughs) And it seems to be almost accepted as a norm. Like it's just, you know, everybody's like, oh, you go through menopause, it's horrible. We have hot flashes. You know, we can't sleep. We have insomnia. We have mood swings. Uh, and then same with PMS and people just think that's just completely normal, yeah. but it's, it's not, is it? It's not. No. And that's kind of like my, my lifeblood and my mission is <laughs> to be like, it's not normal. You don't have to settle for feeling like crap. And I, I feel so blessed because prior to taking on my stressful job and going through all the challenges in my health, I knew what it was like to feel really good. 
And so I knew that I didn't feel really good. And I think a lot of people just don't even have that awareness. But once you get a taste of that, of like what it is to feel really good and it enhances your life, not just your health and how you feel physically, but it enhances all aspects of your life. And so once you get a glimpse of that, it's really hard to go back to feeling like crap. So my mission is kind of to be able to give women that glimpse of this is what it's like to feel good. This is where you can be on a normal basis um, rather than just surviving. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are just surviving. Yeah. And so, wow. What you're doing is so needed right now for so many women. Yeah. Thank you for bringing your services to the world because women definitely need that for sure. I'm so happy to do it. I just, I love it. I can tell. (laughs) It's so awesome to hear somebody so passionate about doing what they love doing. So what are some things that uh, someone can do to help with some of the symptoms if they're experiencing the adrenal fatigue? Uh, Yeah. uh, Assess all the sources of stress in your life and see if there's anything that can go. And the things that cause you mental stress, see if there's anything that you can just cut out. Is it really necessary? Do I need to do this? Um, Am I adding more stress to my life by doing this thing? And see if there's anything that you can cut out. And then probably the easiest and best thing is get more sleep. Mm -hmm. Sleep whenever possible. Sleep the best that you can. And there are obviously different things that can alter your sleep, but if you can make that a priority, you can really do wonders for your health and healing. And what, like, what, uh, you hear this a lot, like sleep, you need quality of sleep, but in your opinion, what would you say is the ideal amount of time that a a woman should, like, you know, an adult woman should be getting when they're sleeping hours? I'd say the eight hours that seems to be pretty standard is, is a good place to start. Some women will need more than that. And especially if you're in a healing period, Mm -hmm. Uh, you may need more sleep than that. You know, your body, when it feels tired, sleep, <laughs> just sleep. I know it's so hard because, and especially for moms, I'm talking to you out there because I totally get it. You have no time to yourself at all, ever. And then when everyone goes to bed, you're like, I have all this time. I want to do everything right now. <laughs> Fight that temptation and just go to sleep. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're so right. I remember people <laughs> saying that to me when I had my son. They're like, just sleep when he sleeps. I'm like, okay, that sounds great in theory, but I haven't done the dishes in two days and the laundry's insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And I, when he goes to sleep, I'm like, oh man, I just want to sit down. But yeah, yeah, it's it's so true. Now with the quality, and I hear this a lot about sleep, sleep, sleep. The quality, the time matters, but is there like the time that you actually go to sleep? Does that make a difference as well? Yeah, you do. Going to sleep before 10 is ideal. Um, And I don't know if there, I'm sure there's research to back it up. I don't have a study to quote at this time, but I've heard that um, every hour before 10, before midnight that you get of sleep is as good as two hours after midnight. And so going to sleep earlier is always going to be better. And just going with the natural rhythms of the sun, yeah, um, I think is always a good bet. Yeah, I think so. And I think that's just the most holistic way to be because your body just naturally, your circadian rhythm wants to go in that direction. Yep. You look at children, right? Mm-hmm. And 
as moms, we can totally relate to this. You get the time change and the sun's coming up at five o'clock or quarter to five and your little one's up, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or you try to get them down at night when the sun's still up, it just doesn't work. But no. <laughs> yes, I think that's such a, such a good tip is it go based on, on the sun and the daylight because that's mm-hmm. just natural for our body to do that. We're mm-hmm. so in tune to all of that for sure. Now, are there some things that uh, are, are, would you recommend people not doing that could contribute to uh, adrenal fatigue? I know we talked a lot about stress, but is there maybe some bad habits that people could be getting into that would, would lead to that? Yeah, coffee, <laughs> you know, excessive. No. Let's okay. Let's say excessive <laughs> caffeine. <laughs> um, yeah, again, trying to stick to if you're gonna have it, have it just in the morning and not beyond that because you don't want it to mess with your sleep and you want it to go with your natural rhythms. Um, Over exercising, I think, is a big one because with adrenal fatigue, what happens a lot is that people start to gain weight, and it's kind of like I, I had someone say, she said. Um, I could drink water and eat air and I would still gain weight. (laughs) And that's kind of how it feels. And um, so the natural inclination is to eat less and exercise more, right? Because that's what we've always been told. Well, guess what? Letting your blood sugar drop too low creates more stress on the body. So that's not helping your cause. Um, Over-exercising causes stress on your body. So that's not helping you either. So you want to eat consistently. You want to eat very nutritious food. Uh, You want to avoid over-exercising and really shifting your mindset that that more is better. Um, You know, things like yoga, things like walking, Pilates, just really gentle exercises can be extremely effective and you can lose weight doing them. So I think uh, really shifting the mindset around that. Um, What's something else? Alcohol is a big one too, because that can mess with your sleep, that can mess with your cortisol levels and create more inflammation in the body as well. You know, when you were talking about the exercising, the over-exercising and eating not enough, Mm -hmm. um, that really hit home for me because I had that same issue. I was obsessed with dieting and exercising for so many years. And what really made me hit rock bottom with my health was the fact that I was eating not enough calories and working out way too much. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, I, and I think a lot of women who are listening can relate to stories like that because, you know, that kind of goes into a whole nother topic, but we, we're so, um, especially as ambitious women, we're hard on ourselves on all levels. And, and one of those is, is your body image and trying to fit into the ideal image you think you should be. And over-exercising and not eating enough is, is something that a lot of women turn to for that. And it, yeah. it, it, it did, it like literally crashed my health. Like mm-hmm. some of the symptoms you were talking about earlier, and I'm not going to get into the whole story about that, but it did crash my health. So um, any of you guys listening out there, please listen to what she says because yeah. <laughs> I know firsthand what that's like. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard thing to get past in your brain. You know, I used to do CrossFit. I loved it and, and hot yoga and all the extreme things. And I, re- I can't do them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found is that even just exercising less and doing gentle exercise, I not only feel better, but my weight is fine. Like it's, it hasn't gone up. It hasn't, it hasn't changed. So I do encourage people to just give it a chance, give that gentle exercise a chance. (laughs) 
<laughs> Honestly, it's so true. It's like when I was working out hardcore and I'm talking the same things you, I wasn't in CrossFit, but I was doing boot camp. I was doing marathon running. I was doing all the things that were really stressful on the body and I wasn't losing weight. And it wasn't until I went to the more um, calming exercises like Pilates and yoga and walking that I was able to actually lose weight. Mm -hmm. And it was such a, you know, it was such a switch in my mentality and it was so hard for me to get to that stage. Um, but once I did, like, I don't go back to those exercises just like you. Yeah. Yeah. I can't. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So it's something that people can look for is that if you, if you do a workout and say two hours later, you're just spent, you feel like you've been hit by a bus and you can barely do much, then yeah, you, you may a have adrenal fatigue or b that's not the right thing to be doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you. Now, what are some of the, if someone was to come and see you, what are some of the protocols and things like not getting into all of it, but do you put someone through a, a specific program? Uh, what, what does it look like if they were coming to see you for hormone imbalances or adrenal fatigue? Yeah, I like to do a full health history. So really get a good picture of what they've experienced in the past, what they're going through now. And that's more of written questionnaire type things. Um, and then we'll do a couple tests based on that, based on talking with them uh, and based on how the hormone test comes back. Then I may recommend some other labs to see if there are any other internal stressors that maybe we're missing. Um, and then I work with them for about six months to help implement the changes that we're recommending because it's really nice to just get this plan and, <laughs> and all these tips and all these things. But at, for the most part, it's really hard to implement. So I want to make sure that I'm holding the hand all the way through it and supporting all the way through it so that they can really get the relief and be successful. Yeah. And I love that. You know, it's so important what you're doing like, sticking with your clients through the transformation because it is a lifestyle change that they have to do mm -hmm. ultimately down the road. Right. Mm -hmm. And that is so hard on so many levels because there's, you're not only talking, you know, nutrition, but you're talking maybe their lifestyle in general and stress relief. So all these things are coming in and it's so nice to have that support. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you go and see, for instance, you go see a naturopath and they, they will give you like a, a food allergy test and then say, you can't have these foods anymore. And then, you walk out of the office like, oh my goodness, my life is over because I yeah. don't know what to eat. <laughs> mm -hmm. But to have someone like you guiding them along the way, that's, that's so profound for sure. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. So where would our listeners go to find more information about you and your services and what you provide? Yeah, the best place to find me is my website. It's leachischilly.com. And hopefully you can put that in some notes somewhere <laughs> because, <laughs> Write it down. because it's a weird last name. But <laughs> uh, And then I'm also on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest uh, and LinkedIn, matter of fact. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, kind of all over the place. So I'm going to, I will also have your, the links to your website and your social platforms in the show notes on the Inspire Her Health website, which will be linked below um, in this episode. So make sure you go there and find out more about Leah's special services and she, how much she has to offer for women. Um, so I always ask one last question um, for 
all of my guests on the podcast. And that is, and I know you gave us so much today and I thank you so much. This might be a hard one for you, but what is one thing just to kind of wrap everything up that we talked about today? If you could give the audience like one tip, uh, takeaway on how, how to live a happier, healthier life, what would that be? One tip, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this goes for just, you know, for your, your health and your life is trust yourself, trust your body and trust yourself because nobody out there knows better than you what is best for you. Love it. That's so true. And that being able to tune into yourself and listening to what you need. So, so yes. important. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you have such a wealth you. of knowledge. And I'm sure the listeners have gotten so much out of this today. And, you know, it's one of those episodes that they might have to record or, you know, pause and go back and write some things out. And I just thank you so much for being able to come on here and share your story and your expertise around hormones um, and women's health. Cause it's, it's something that's so needed right now in the oh, world. Thank you. I'm so happy to do it. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in to inspire her health podcast. If you were inspired about what you heard today, please leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Also, please help us to inspire more women to live their best by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it on your social media. Be sure to tag us at Inspire Her Health so that we may give you a shout out on our social platforms and thank you for your support. If you would like more tips and tricks on how to live a healthier, happier life, be sure to visit us on our online magazine at www.inspireherhealth.com. And while you're there, we would love for you to join our community where you will be automatically entered in for our monthly giveaways, as well as receive weekly wellness challenges and exclusive content to inspire you through mind, body, and life. Thanks again for tuning in. See you in the next episode.